overcompensating much? Hello and welcome to episode number 66 of Unrelenting April 21st. It's a Friday. We're ready to get your weekend on. I am Darren O'Neill across his big virtual desk, Sir Gene Nevtuliev. The, How are you? The destroyer of rockets. How are you? <laughs> destroyer rockets, please. <laughs> I hear Elon destroyed- offered you a seat on that rocket. Yeah, and you were yeah. very smart not to take that. Exactly. Exactly. No, it was a great time. I was down at SpaceX observing the latest launch <clears throat> and um, had a good time. I like the news coverage that says it destroyed itself or whatever word verbiage they used mm-hmm. mid flight. It's like, well, I don't know, really know if it was mid flight. I mean, I guess it was during flight. Mm hmm. What's the proper terminology there? Because, I mean, it got up high enough. It didn't blow up on the launch pad. They were very happy about that. And uh, I would still say early flight. Yes, I wouldn't be like it was, you know, mid flight to me sounds like if you say an airline uh, falls out of the sky mid flight, that's, you know, a long time into the journey. Yeah, yeah. It's not mid flight by any stretch. It's certainly not by distance, but it's not even by time because had everything gone according to schedule, right about the time that uh, that it lost control and was detonated, it would have been when it separated <clears throat> and the, the first stage would have landed in quotes. It would have landed in the water, so it's still a crash landing. I mean, and um, I almost wet myself when I heard the, the stage that part that was separating had mm-hmm. 33 engines on it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like wait a minute really well, 33? Did I you a picture i thought i sent you a photo of that i don't know i didn't count them was okay. there yeah 30, i'm shocked you how, how could you not count the engines on the rocket what are you not a rocket nerd no not as much as you 33 mm-hmm. though it's like huh 33 engines yep we've been taught that's a number you want to look at yeah ironically that that generally means cancel operation uh-huh and well this did very quickly yeah well the rocket was named 24 7 and uh it was flown on 420 yeah i mean really i don't know if that's a great idea all the people working in mission control might have been a little high yeah well elon would be the first of those well true so he wouldn't even notice no no he he's purposefully delayed the launch to 420 that rocket went one toke over the line mm-hmm. and that exploded. Yep. Took a giant puff. It did. Yeah. That's kind of what it looked like. And then it went mm-hmm. all kitty wumpus up there. So that's kind it of did a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, whoa, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, Far you're, out. When you're sending it with the uh, Freebird song attached to it. <laughs> like, watch this, man. This, uh-huh. this syncs up just like dark side of the moon does with uh, the wall. Uh, you could just sync up to yeah. Freebird and boom. Yeah, just lined right up. See, that's something I could see Elon doing, too. Uh-huh. To troll along. Elon is. Yeah. See, he's everybody's worst nightmare because you and I enjoy trolling people. You may be a little bit more. <laughs> Maybe a little too much. Uh-huh. But we only have a certain amount of resources because we don't have billions of dollars at our disposal. Right. Amazingly. I know. We should. 
Elon, though, does have the billions of dollars and then uses those to troll people like mm-hmm. Stephen King, which I thought was funny because he was bitching that he wasn't going to pay mm-hmm. for the blue check mark on Twitter. Yeah. So when the, the great awakening came and all of the blue check marks started disappearing yesterday, mm-hmm. he still had his and he posted to Twitter. He's like, my Twitter account says that I pay for Twitter blue. I don't. It also mm-hmm. says they have my phone number. They don't. Uh-huh. And Elon Musk is just like, thank you. I mean, you're welcome. Namaste. He's put, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Namaste. Like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I did that. Mm-hmm. I gave you your little blue check mark for free because you're a little whiny bitch. And that still doesn't make people happy, which I find to be hilarious. Well, he shouldn't have. I agree. Fuck them. They mean, don't want to pay. To, uh, how is it that the, the richest people in the world are the ones bitching about this? I, exactly. Well, it's because of the fact that the blue check mark was changed to go from we verified this person is real and of status because you just couldn't get a blue check mark if you were some schmuck like me. But that's not how it started off. The blue check mark started off exactly the way Elon's doing it right now, which is this is a verified person. We have checked their driver's license against their account. They're not being impersonated. And the only reason that people of status started getting them is because they kept being impersonated. So they were bitching or their agents were bitching right. about the fact, how come there's all these accounts that say Stephen King making him look like an idiot. We need something on his account to make him look like he's the real thing. Right. He can make himself look like an idiot. It had nothing to do with giving him out for status. It was, they were supposed to give him out to anybody that paid for him originally or requested him. Right. Well, it was requested because there was no money involved and then they got overrun. That was kind of, well, that's right. That's the thing is that they decided that it was going to change into a status thing instead of a verification thing. But like if somebody is getting, uh, you know, getting two accounts that were similar, even if they're not a famous person, if you go back to their original policies, then you you're supposed to be able to put in a request and say, this is the real me. The real me. Yeah. The only thing they didn't have is they, they weren't saying they would do it for anybody. It was a case by case basis. Right. And then more people wanted it. Then Elon decided this would be a great way to make money. And then the people that already had it were Mm -hmm. mad that they would have to pay $8 a month. Yeah. Oh my God. $8 hundred bucks a year. And I think it's well worth it. I haven't done it yet because I would have to give them my real phone number, which I haven't done yet. Oh, I gave them my phone number that I got rid of. Well, see, that's very smart. Oh, you know what? You're right, dude. Uh-huh. Yeah. I do have this phone that my wife just uh, abandoned to get a new one. Mm-hmm. So I do have a number that's going to be canceled very soon. That would be the go. need to start using that to sign up for everything. Yep. And be like, no, it's a real number. See? And yeah. everything. Hmm. But now, if they allow you, and I think they do, to post longer form content and everything like that, well, then it's a bargain. Longer for form bucks. and video. Yeah. And I need to start playing with video more. I haven't really done much with video, but. Um, on, yeah, both on the Twitter and elsewhere. I mean, We've been remember, saying video this for doesn't a long have time. to be video. Should be able to just put a full podcast up in there as a video file. Well, I have been spending more time in front of the YouTube screen because that's what usually uh, takes my t- uh, whole mind off the fact that I'm riding on the bike in the house. Uh-huh. 
And there are videos that are nothing more than somebody. I saw one where a dude was explaining what has happened to Fuddruckers, the the burger mm-hmm. chain. That pops up in my feed, and I'm like, well, I used okay, to like- scary. I actually watched that video. Really? Wow, yeah. that's weird. So here's what happened. This is actually part of the the uh, algo. It actually because we've sent messages back and forth right. through email. Well, and it, we've we've connected through the unrelenting channel. Uh, yes, that as well. So now it has established like a spider web, a connection between us saying, "Oh, these people know each other." Uh, yes. And and uh, like this was something that I kind of figured out a long time ago with uh, uh, my uh, real good friend that I probably message on a daily basis with is that he kept getting videos that I've seen and I kept getting videos that he's seen usually within a day. And so what they're doing in the algo or part of the tweaking of the YouTube algos is if a friend of yours, somebody that they've established that they know there's an established connection with has watched an entire video rather than a little bit. And once, you know, close it. Right. But if they watched it start to finish, there's a high likelihood that that will pop up in your recommended videos because they think you're going to watch it start to finish then. And, uh, they're absolutely correct because not only do people share interests typically, but it gives you something to talk about. And so you're more likely to, uh, to have that in the future as well. So you're going to have more shared recommendations like that right now. I'll bet you with this, uh, this friend of mine, and he's not a podcast or anything. He's, um, so I'm not referring to his name, not because I'm trying to slight him, but because he's not public. Um, also has security clearance, but, um, we probably get like 70% identical recommendations right now. Nice. There's very little variance and a lot of them are funny. It's things like, you know, he's got a, uh, machine shop he owns. And, um, uh, so I start getting recommendations for machine shop videos. You're like, wow, this seems weird. And it, they're actually kind of cool. I mean, I've started watching them, but I've never had an interest in machining or CNC router stuff, you know, but, uh, I, now I'm probably on the list, not just because of him, but because I've, I've watched enough of those videos because it is kind of interesting stuff. Yeah, I've got a buddy that has one of those machines. He's like, if you if you can come up with something you want to sell, let me know. Always a looking, gun. always looking for things to make with it. Yeah, a gun. Well, you can do guns. I was thinking more something easier to sell on Amazon, like a record weight or something like that. But a record uh, weight, yeah, yeah, in shape of a gun. <laughs> that's even better. That would just trigger. That's a, a great idea that you had there. Thank you. I'm gonna get those mm-hmm. made up, and uh, we'll have them on gun Amazon. record weights. Yes, or or you can make one that's a silencer, silencer, silencer shaped record weight. It's dual purpose. It can go on. Oh no 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 not not at all. You don't want to be doing that. It has to be single purpose. Of course, we can like a solvent trap. You do not want to get the federal government upset. The with ATF you. is not your friend. Now remember, I'm trying to remember which day I watched that video. So whether I watched it and it then uh, it was probably it was before my trip to uh, SpaceX. So it would have been like last weekend or maybe Monday. Okay. Then you saw it first. Yeah. Okay. Then it popped up in my feed. Yeah. And I'm like, there oh, I go. remember Fud Rockers. I guess they're gone out of Illinois. I went and looked at their locations yep. after that. 
But the main thing was while I'm watching this, there's a bunch of these channels that the person narrating never appears on screen. Mm-hmm. All they use is stock footage completely to make the videos and they're getting tens of thousands, if not more. Yeah. Some of them are millions. Yeah. In the views. And I'm like, why aren't I and doing I'll, this? I'll even tell you beyond that about half roughly of those, what you described are using an AI voice, which would make sense. And most people can't tell. I can tell now because I hear the exact same voice on channels that are totally unrelated. Yes. You're like, why is this? Uh, this is so I always guy. put a comment in there. Oh, yet another Chinese uh, uh, channel using an American AI voice. Well, because it's like very to easy to bit. do. Right. It's, and I've got the software that puts it all together. It literally will find the, um, the, the stock clips based on the text. Now, is there a service is this a paid service to get these video clips to use that all of this stuff they're pulling from is there like it is a massive clearinghouse where i can go in i just want this you type exactly right yep you type in uh well you can do it manually type in what you're looking for it'll find you the right clips and with the and then you know part of the packages you have license for all of them um and then uh the the automated one will just do it automatically Oh, well, that's interesting, too, because you're punching in the text in order for the video. Because I'm thinking this Mm -hmm. would be beyond the fact that it's an AI voice. And a lot of the people that, as you said, making the videos are Chinese or Mm -hmm. Indian or there's something where they're like, they don't want their voice on the product. Yeah, like they, they mostly speak Polish or something. I don't know. It may be. But what I'm thinking is now creating one of these videos. Mm hmm. It is child's play to translate to a different language and then use another Absolutely. AI. Absolutely. The software does it automatically. And then publish it on that same yep. video. You can, if yep. it's, if there's a reasonable uh, market, you can yeah. publish it on the Chinese version of YouTube, yep. the Spanish yep. version. That's genius. Yep. Totally. Get all the software for it. Too lazy to use it. Well, dude, let's use it. There's there way more money in that than podcasting. Well, how about you do a test sample and you figure out whether it makes money. And if it does, then I'll jump then, in. Then you'll jump in. Mm-hmm. Once the money's flowing in, then you'll, you'll dip your toe in. Yeah. Because Are, my ideal version of doing this is actually to hire somebody in the Philippines to make these for me. That would make more sense. Yeah. And then just collect the money. Find somebody on Fiverr who doesn't realize that mm-hmm. they can make a lot more money doing this for themselves than. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gene's like, but I'm paying you 50 bucks an hour. And like, I don't didn't 50? mention that those How videos are making 15, 15 bucks an hour. That where, sounds reasonable. Where the videos are then making a hundred bucks per minute. Well, that's your way overestimating. I mean, I realistically, know. if a video gets a hundred thousand views, you've made a buck. Yes. Yes. It's all a uh, quantitative thing. It's absolutely. So you really, you start making money a few years in. You have to build the audience. So you have to make sure the topics are not age dependent. And I will say things like the history of are great oh, because that, yeah, they never evergreen. really change. Yeah. They're yeah. evergreens. Mm-hmm. The daily news stuff gets lost very quickly because nobody cares. Things are changing so quick. That's why nobody listens to shows like this. Well, we are funded today. Thanks to, uh, oh, are we funded? Wow. Thanks to a couple of donations. Amazing. That, uh, I was surprised. 
Otherwise, I was like, you know what, Gene? It's time to just end the show. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. But uh, a couple people saved the show today. Wow. Did somebody actually saved the show. That's amazing. That's uh, Well, we're putting the blame on them. That's basically all we're doing is shifting the blame for the show. But watch. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to, you know, call you and talk to you about the, the whole SpaceX thing. I didn't realize we were going to get recorded. And nobody paid attention to the little uh, flipper device in your hand that you pushed right as that rocket blew up. It is satisfying. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I mean, how yeah. many how many seconds did it take between uh, you pushing the button and actually hearing the explosion from the uh, from far, far away? Well, you know, it, it, it basically travels at almost the speed of light. So yes. Yeah. Quick. And the rocket was at that point, it was at 39 and a half kilometers up. And um, was that high enough to uh, deploy the thing that needed to be deployed first? Yes. Good. Good. And and by by thing, you mean the explosive or what do you No, the thing that had to be deployed. Oh, the thing from the the actual stage. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see what you're talking about. Yeah. So I mean, mission accomplished. I get you. Right. Mission. Well, that's uh, Elon said that right there. He said mission accomplished. Well, everybody was freaking out that people at the control center were cheering as it exploded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it was just a tap. I mean, there were no people on this. Let's, let's understand. Right. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. It could have been, uh, could have been one of those things that could have finally been Jeffrey Epstein. They were trying mm. to, trying to get him out. Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. yeah. You never know. Yeah, well, in the, like in the history of all rockets, it did have a dog on board, but that's just normal. Everybody knows that. Well, I thought that it was usually um, monkeys, but they're just dogs. No, 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 they start with dogs, then they go to monkeys. Just to see if they survive. Well, I'm not sure even if that's really a question. You pretty much know they're not going to survive. True. At some point, yeah. Uh-huh. Because you're going up. It's a hell of a journey. It's a hell of a thing. Uh, I will say that uh, for its part, though, it looks like it would have been a very comfortable ride. It did not hit uh, a particularly high G load. I think it maxed out at just over two Gs, really? which is very comfortable. It's yeah, basically what you would feel in a Tesla car. Yeah, two G is nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I think they said last year at the Martinsville race in NASCAR at the end, most people mm-hmm. have seen the video of Ross Chastain that rode the wall mm-hmm. pulled the video game move yeah i think they said that hit 11g no yeah that would not have hit 11 they said yeah 11g they didn't know what they're talking 11g about. i'm telling you yeah and i'm telling you that physically impossible at that slow speed xfinity has 10g that car got to 11 mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh if you want to ride a wall all you need is 2g no sorry 3g you just hit it. It'll hold you. It'll hold you at 3G. At at 2G, it's going to be very tenuous. But at, at 3G, it'll you'll stick to the wall. I don't know physics. It's not physics. Just basic math. Basic math? Yeah. How many Gs does it take to G? Well, a, a G is 9.8 meters per second per second. So it's really simple math. Pretty simple math. You know, I could do that in my head. But anyway, so it would have been a comfortable ride. Um, the 
as far as what worked, an awful lot worked. Way more worked than didn't work on this launch, which given that it's the first time the thing's been up in the air with all the engines running, well, most of the engines running, um, that's a huge accomplishment. Well, that's why they were cheering. Yeah, because, you know, when they had previous flights, like parts of the ship had gone up and even landed. But the like the uh, the upper stage that landed, you know, that has six engines in it. Um, and it was really only using three of them when they did the te- original test. The booster that went up and landed was only using either three or five engines. I can't remember off the top of my head, but they didn't even have all the rest of them installed. So this is the first time that we had the first stage with 33 engines in it that were all running. Well, again, most. Um, Very early on, they lost two engines. I think from the uh, debris that was created when they turned it on. And is this the point of having so many engines is that you can have a few that fail and you're like, nah, problem. Yeah, it's two things. One is it's easier to make smaller engines than big engines. And the cumulative force. Yeah, they add up very linearly. So there's no downside really to having a lot of small engines versus one big engine. Um, so that there is that upside for having a lot of engines. The other thing is, uh, if there's a failure, would you rather have one out of three engines fail or one out of four or one out of two, or would you rather have like three out of 30? That would make sense. It's like airplanes when the, even though, the largest uh-huh. airplanes, if one of the engines fails, the one can still limp it back to a landing. It, well, it can do that. But beyond that, look at the airplane landing gear. Uh, they don't have like one wheel no. per thing. They have like eight. Because you're going to blow some tires on that landing. And, what and is, you need to have enough tires to still roll to the gate. And you've been following this a lot more than I. So what is Elon's goal with this whole rocket? plan this whole what's his end game is this to get more of his uh, satellites in orbit is this to uh, rent these things out so other people can get things up into yeah, space yeah i mean that's part of it there's a lot of them so the initial driver for building starship which used to be called um airplane be, be, yeah, airplane <laughs> uh jefferson yeah jefferson airplane went to starship and then just starship and then it's maybe yeah, elon's it, a fan it's uh, it was going to Mars, right? That's the end goal. End goal is we need to build a rocket capable of bringing human life to Mars and not just humans that are going to die there, but like all the crap that the humans need in order to survive on Mars, like potatoes, right? You, you have, have a rocket full of potatoes. Supplies. Yeah. A rocket full of potatoes and a rocket full of Irish people. And you're good to go. <laughs> not racist at all. What? What do Irish people hate potatoes? I don't Is it something I'm not aware of? It, they love the potato and the whiskey. Yeah, exactly. And you can make potato whiskey called vodka on Mars. Vodka. Oh, well, you would have to because if you're on Mars, you need to drink. You're not getting really good <laughs> internet connection there. So, uh. <laughs> well, no, you, you are because before people even arrive, there will be a Starlink constellation around Mars. Oh, well, see, Elon's okay. He's taking care of that. Yeah. This was officially why Starlink was created, was to be 
the the Starlink version of around Earth is the test for the Starlink around Mars. And then you could link other Starlinks from different planets. And and Starlinks, uh, yeah, exactly. The Starlinks is called Starlink because it is a link in the stars. That would um, make perfect sense. It's not otherwise. Why wouldn't you call it like Earthlink? Because that's already taken. Earthlink. Yeah, there was an oh. ISP called Earthlink. Oh well. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, they're gone, I think. Long gone. Yeah. They probably could have bought the name. For All their dial-up modems from back in the day. Um, and and the Starlink constellations will talk to each other through lasers. So speed of light. So even latency will be very low. You could have the latency uh, will be the speed of light. You'll be able to game with your friends on Mars, kids. Well, I mean, it's still it's mars is even for light i can't remember how much off the top of my head but it's 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 a bit of travel oh, come on you say all this math is easy to do just get it right on in there well i mean it's not it's not the math part it's the remembering the distance to mars yeah i thought you were planning this trip you would know you're like this is only oh god no this is gonna be a while before this happens probably after i'm dead no you no, don't you know within eight years we're gonna be immortal so it's okay uh yeah you may be an immortal i'm not planning on going down that road no you're like i'm no, i am no. gladly anticipating the great beyond yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah it's uh immortality sounds better than it is and i think it's something that i think young people are a lot more interested in right because they haven't gotten to the point where they wake up every day going this again, <laughs> right? Yeah. You're living You're well, especially when you get up and you're at home every day and doing the same thing. It really starts to feel like a groundhog movie. Yeah, it could. Yeah. That would make yeah. sense. But there's so really only, it, I mean, having takes, a limited amount of time for anything is incentive to get stuff done when there's no incentive for what you think the people are lazy and procrastinate now mm-hmm. you're like oh, i got a, I got a million years that's no problem i, I yeah. could just lay here for a millennia well it, but would you even notice probably not mm-hmm. because you'll be immortal it's like nothing will even seem like it makes sense time eh, means nothing you don't. Oh, yep. The bright side is you won't have to listen to your podcasts at one point two five speed because you will have all the time in the world. You'll be slowing them sons of bitches down to fill the days. Mm-hmm. Although there was still right. be well, more. Since you were asking, I looked it up. Made. So the 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 s- delay in communication between Mars and Earth at the speed of light is between five and eighteen minutes, ah, depending on where the planet is. Research, yeah, in real time. So. There you go. I mean, gaming with the latency of five minutes would not be super enjoyable unless you're playing a board game. How about voice calls? Uh, well, there are more voice messages than calls. Right. There was just, did you watch? I don't remember if I finished it or not. There was a series with Hugh Laurie in it mm. that he is playing the captain of a spaceship where things well, go technically horribly. He's an actor playing the captain. Okay. Yeah. So you've show. seen this, this series. I forget. No, what I'm it's just called. guessing. I forget what it's called, but yeah, you saw that good. And that was one of the whole bits was the video calls is <laughs> the latency is like five minutes does, yeah. does not work. Although then the whole thing went to, there was an AI 
that was guessing what was going to be said next. So <laughs> this is horrible, right? Well, the, the whole premise of the show is absurd technology. Yes. And I'm like, I don't know if I'd like it or not. It had humorous moments, but it it's one of those things that goes so far out there. Yeah. Which I think you have to in order for people to accept that this is just being done to be that far out there. I think it was a bunch of actors that had no projects and somebody just decided, Hey, you know, what would be funny. What if we were like on a, a cruise ship that was stranded around Mars and it would take us like three years to get back home. That'd be hilarious. We should, we should do that. And then every little mistake takes them further and further off yeah. course somehow. Well, and I, I'm glad that Hugh Laurie gets to play both an American and a British accent. Oh, I know he's, genius at the british accent i don't know it's how he's amazing so how well he's it. learned the british accent isn't it? <laughs> oh, i mean there are so many it's, people that still would not believe that dude's british after watching house i know and well and that that's a good testament to his learning the american accent because uh his my my favorite show that he was in still has to be um this is back going 20 years probably at least uh G was it Jeeves and Worcester Jeeves and Worcester yeah I know he was in Hugh and Laurie I don't know was this another variety kind of thing another comedy bit? no 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 Jeeves and Worcester is a uh it's a it's a series of novels of books uh written by P.G. Woodhouse who's a British um book writer that wrote author, about the upper writer. Yeah, he's a he's an author, I guess. <laughs> but he, he wrote books uh, about the British upper class at the turn of the century of the last previous century. So the the it takes place in like the nineteen twenties, pre, um, you know, Great Depression, and in nineteen ninety ninety one ninety two that time frame. Uh, they did a series where, uh, it was Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry, um, that played G's and Worcester. And I think <clears throat> that those were absolutely perfect roles for the two of them. Uh, so Worcester is the rich upper class single British, you know, rich dude. Uh, Bertie Worcester, whose days are filled with going to soirees and uh, gentlemen's clubs. And then Jeeves is his impeccable butler. Well, of course. I mean, a butler has to be named Jeeves, right? Well, that's where the, that comes from, is that book, yes. 1990 to 1993, only 23 episodes. You could watch it in a weekend. Yeah, that's that's called Four Seasons in BBC stands. Maybe. I thought it could have been eight. Uh -huh. <clears throat> yeah, they don't, don't do a whole lot of episodes per season. Um, <clears throat> but I watched it on PBS back then, back in the 90s. Because PBS broadcasts a lot of BBC stuff. And it was hilarious. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I'd read the book just like a year previous to watching the series. So that really made it really cool. Now, how did it? relate to the book was it one of those things where you'd say this 
television very, series was better. The book was better. <clears throat> well, the books, I mean, the, there are multiple books and it's longer, but the books are basically stories about this rich dude and his butler and how all the, the hilarity that ensues. And I think the TV show did a great job of portraying what was in the books. You know, like one of the, I think one of the seasons in the TV show and, and it was one of the stories in the books is how Bertie goes to New York. Well, back then going to New York meant getting on the Queen Mary and then, you know, taking a two and a half week long cruise just to come over to the U.S. Can't believe it's not available for streaming right now. That series isn't, um, no. it may be on BBC or something. It says nowhere. Well, according to uh, the website, I normally use just watch.com, which is a hell of a resource. Oh, the, the theft website. I no, think. no, this is just watch.com. They will tell you no. if a series or movie is on any of the streaming series uh, and if it's free or whether, if, you know, a lot of the stuff's on Apple uh-huh. TV or Amazon for a price, they'll tell you what it is. This isn't available anywhere at all. And yes, this got the, the best music in it too. The theft site looks like it hasn't been posted in <laughs> since the it looks like 2018 and there's nobody seating right now. So, uh, yeah. And unfortunately I had the whole series too on my NAS, which died a few years oh, back. Well, don't you have it on DVD or Blu-ray or something? Hell no. That's why I had the NAS. <laughs> so I get rid of all that crap. And then it, then the NAS dies and you're like, oh, that's nah, why my uh, annoying. Yeah, I went through and flacked all of my audio CDs. We may have talked about that at some yeah, point. Yeah, we talked about it, which is why it's been backed up, because the amount of time it takes to flack all oh, like 3000 CDs is a long time. Yeah. All right, dude, I did the back in the uh, the would have been right around 2000. I did that. The hardcover book, Jeeves and Worcester. $43 at Amazon. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. What is that? A hardcover book. It's also the collected radio dramas. Oh, yes. Which looks like that's available on uh, Audible. And it looks like maybe series one is on Prime Video. I thought it, the other site said it wasn't. You see, mm. what's that all about? Mm, I don't know. I do not want to run Google. Wow. What's it? Widevine. What is that? That's what they want you to have on your system to run all the DRM stuff. If, oh, right. That's the DRM thing. Yeah, you can you can install it. There's no problem with it. It says this video is currently unavailable to watch in my location. See, this oh, is maybe well, where VPN it. Yeah, you're right. What this may turn into is me just running my uh, Roku through the, uh, the VPN to mm-hmm. uh, the UK and the BBC will be like, hey, come and watch this. Mm-hmm. Cause now mm-hmm. I want to see it. And I think I live in a time where I should be able to find any remote series from 20, 30 years ago. Anything and, that was ever published. Yeah. yeah and find it yeah. and watch it, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are other places to search like uh what's it? B T D I G G. There's a lot of beautiful sites that you can uh, search for the, the, the torrents. And I lost a lot of my bookmarks, which is probably good. I've been using Brave for a long, long time, and it seems like Brave finally got to the point to where it was all screwed up. Yeah, I say that's why I switched to uh, uh, the Microsoft one. What the hell is it called? Edge. Edge. Everything is much better after a complete new 
reinstall. I mean, I noticed things like it was, I was still doing the thing where when you downloaded a file, it was showing up at the bottom of the interface, like the old Mm. Chrome. Mm -hmm. Now it doesn't do it. It's all completely different. And I just didn't even think of, I should back up my history or bookmarks, Mm. but I remembered 99% of the stuff that I need anyway. Sure. If you don't remember it, I kind of figure maybe you don't need it. Well, that's the way I started kind of to feel about all the crap disappearing off my nails. You're right. It's like I wasn't, you know, and I have to go through mine because there's a lot of series that I have on there that I know I'm probably never going to watch. Yeah. Although like, I'm a hoarder. I just downloaded the four seasons of Sea Hunt with uh, oh my White Bridges. Oh, my God. I know, that right? wasn't even good when it came out. I don't know. I kind of remember watching it as a kid. So I'm like, well, yeah. I'll, do- I'll download it. I'll take a look. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot of stuff on Manass that I've watched. Yeah. Know, and I watched almost everything that I lost. I've seen once, some things maybe twice, but, but I've never, and this is what made it not feel as bad losing it is I've never literally in about six years that I had the NAS running ever went back to rewatch something. No, you watch the stuff and then you go on yeah, to the next. And the thing. only reason I, I saved it on the NAS is like, Oh, I really enjoyed this. I should keep a copy on the NAS. Yeah. And for the things that I've rewatched, They've been the series like Seinfeld and Friends, yeah. which I can find online to download at any oh, time. You can find that pretty easily, not even to download. You just watch them pretty easily. Uh, but like, I think HBO's got every single episode posted. Now on BT Dig, they're showing uh, the Jeeves and Worcesters, a bunch of torrents, but they're all between five and seven years old. So I'm guessing uh, probably I don't not. think it's been remade. No, I'm just saying this was when they were posted. Oh, 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 when they were first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here's one. The Jeeves and Worcester remastered 15 gig from two months ago. That might exist. That might be the whole series. Yeah, DVD rip. It looks like, oh, well, I know I'll be hitting that magnet link after um, <laughs> after the show. I need to start routing things. So my, uh, torrents- you know, my NAS even has a built in uh, torrent searcher. Well, that's nice. Like it's got a torrent app and that includes the search capability. So you don't, you could be a total Luddite and still connect up and get stuff off torrents through it. I still need to set it up so that I've got a machine that does nothing but torrents that that can always be on the NAS. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to go back and forth because when we do the shows, I like to jump off. Although I don't know if Mm -hmm. that helps anymore. I was on uh, a Chicago server. Um, but you got Nord- 100 gigabit now or something, don't you? Yeah, well, that's it. I was on NordVPN, mm-hmm. a Chicago-based server yesterday, and did a speed test and got over 1,200 Mbps down through Nord, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where my, you know, I could get 14 to 15 now direct without Nord, but it's like, damn, that's crazy speeds. Mm. Over a gig. Uh, uh, yeah, over a gig is pretty awesome and then that's what you need the vpn for so you don't get the dmca letters allegedly i would never really do this i'm just talking about this for educational and entertainment purposes well, you know, there was always there's always been an exception to the downloading uh legality thing which is you have always been allowed to download a copy of something that you have a license to 
Well, right. They certainly can't go after you if you own a DVD of something for yeah. downloading it because you're like, well, I own it. I got it scratched up. I'm just regaining what I bought. Now, this is why they went away from owning material to Streaming. renting material. Yes. Because now you never own it. Now, I and was when, amazed just on that same kind of a topic. Mm-hmm. I saw an article the other day that it's like three months away or something. Netflix is shutting down their DVD mailing operations. I'm like, they're still doing mm. that. I'm surprised. I know who's still on the DVD. Anybody out there? If right. you are, I want to know if you're still doing the DVD by mail thing through Netflix. Well, you better order some DVDs by mail of shit. You can't find online real quick. Well, I know. And here's the thing I'm wondering, do, are they going to make everybody return those last DVDs? <laughs> because what are they? I mean, mm. I'm guessing maybe they're selling them all off. I don't know. That's an interesting I business think they model. Have to destroy them. Maybe for licensing, because all of the, how many times have some of those things been rented? You want to talk about discs that didn't play well. Mm-hmm. Some of the ones from Netflix back in the day, but it's like, that's hard to believe that's where Netflix started. Now you almost forget that that was a thing. Of course, before that, it was the horrible thing that you had to leave the house and go to blockbuster or your local video store and try to yeah. find something. Netflix is like, no, no, we could do this better. Ah, uh, that'll never catch on. Right. Well, said blockbuster. Well, and it did. Well, here's the thing. How much money had the post office made? And I know they gave Netflix a really good deal, but yeah, there yeah. was but still, we're talking a, a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. So that going away, just like everything else, uh-huh. the post office is in. And what did the people use now? I've never used one, but I think they've been around for decades now. These little red boxes. Yeah, I've Basically seen them. a vending I've never, machine for yeah. popular DVDs. So your you, selection is five discs. Usually outside of a grocery store. Yeah, or something outside like of a that. gas station or something. And but it, I guess there are still people out there that have the DVD thing. They I have don't have to. a single one. I mean, I've still got DVD players. I haven't used one. I in don't. A long time. I mean, because I don't throw anything away. So there's that. I still have. I don't even know if it yeah. works in my rack where my main tv is here i mean i've got my roku mm-hmm. i've got my raspberry pi that's running cody and that is what, do you what need that for the raspberry pi running cody uh-huh because it streams anything from the nas in the basement so that's how i watch all the tv Does the roku series not stream anything from the nas in the basement why not the roku finally can they finally added the ability i've had dlna forever it's not a great way it's clunky so cody works a lot better it remembers exactly what Mm -hmm. you've watched which Mm -hmm. is also good it shows you a little check mark next to the thing so if you go back after a while like oh where was i in that series Mm -hmm. it will show you that so i mean there's things that and really a raspberry pi is cheap enough that uh it it just seems to work a little bit better Mm. but that's where we watch 99 we don't have a cable subscription anymore but in that same area where those little devices are with another router in there and Mm. another network switch because that's where a lot of things branch off from there to the rest of the house is a old dvd player slash vhs recorder combo oh my god i know so you can't possibly work you i know you could take your vhs tapes 
and convert them to digital, which, you know, these are the things that I've been saying for probably way more years than I want to admit, because our wedding video is still on VHS and hasn't been looked at since the time we yeah. got married in 95. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, we should probably digitize that you, if you, you ever want to see exactly it. Exactly the same, except like a few pounds less. Uh-huh. But I this is, have thick glasses back then or not. I had glasses. Yeah. I mean, I was mm-hmm. pounds less. I was, uh, I was on Vicodin at the time. Cause I was in a car accident the day before the wedding. That should have been a sign. So you had puffy cheeks. That's maybe, maybe, uh, but it would be interesting now that there are the AI from, uh, who, which, who's the company that puts this out there. They have a thing for both videos and for photos that seems to work really well topaz is mm-hmm. the company yeah and it will upsample your video and it will understand you know through their ai this is what the the system's doing it's looking for people so that way when it upsamples it tries to even everything out and not look all pixelated really? yes interesting okay so these are the things i'm guessing this is what's used every now and then on those uh and those various sites where you can find television shows I found things like Dark Angel, the series with Jessica Alba. Yeah. You know, and Michael Weatherly. I mean, we can't I forget that. he was in that. That was one Way of the back then. Well, it was one day. of the better sci fi shows back in the day. Yeah. It wasn't all that sci fi, but it was just noir. And it was Jessica Alba in very tight Jessica outfits Alba. all the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she was hot back then. Yeah. I mean, she's not bad now, but she was hot back yeah. then. Yeah. And I've run into these now where it's like, oh, upscaled and enhanced, and it looks really good. And I'm assuming this is the kind of software mm-hmm. that is doing it. It takes it, and I've also run it across a couple of old DVDs, and it does take out the uh, the scan lines. So when you notice the old-fashioned DVDs, mm-hmm. every picture is only half the picture. Right. So this fixes that. It does a lot of really cool stuff. And with the the one that for the photos we took my wife had a small photograph of her grandfather black and white you know from the war back in the day scanned that thing in and it looked okay photoshop color corrected made it look better ran it through mm-hmm. this ai and it just cleaned everything i mean it was mm-hmm. just amazing the quality these things can pull out so what you can maybe bring some of these older videos. I mean, I don't know if it's really worth doing that on the wedding video or anything, but if you have old videos that are worthy of saving for whatever reason, the technology is getting there that can actually make them better because people don't, I mean, the youngsters today don't realize what 480p looked like. And then what was that was a, considered good? I know. Cause we had, 480p and then the the shitty stuff was 480i and the really shitty stuff that was basically broadcast tv was 240 well, and the vhs resolution was not good yeah vhs was 240 though so that was 240 that's when yeah. the uh the vhs plus or the, what was it called the hi-fi super vhs right right that that finally brought it up to like 480 right that was no no that, that was 400 at it and a maximum because it was all analog so you didn't have to have the digital numbering schemes but the the typical tv broadcast as broadcast in the u.s was a 240 it's a postage stamp 
of pixels. And that's basically what the VHS and well, the VHS was even less than that because the VHS never looked as good as when you were watching something live. So it was well, losing if, something. If you bought a videotape for a hundred bucks and it had a movie on it, like jaws, you would see on VHS something that was comparable to what you can receive off the air. Gotcha. If you recorded it yourself, then if you recorded so it was never as good a quality because it was all analog. I mean, that's the thing is with analog, every recording degrades, including the first recording. Now, what do you think of when we talked about the insanity? That's why of I don't like record albums. <laughs> well, I understand that. But now the other insane thing is people are buying vintage VHS tapes that are still fucking insane that for big bucks for big bucks fucking insane our our buddy on uh, over on youtube who i've been watching for a decade maybe now marquez brownlee that does all the tech reviews yeah he just bought at auction an iphone one that was still sealed in a box Mm -hmm. paid forty thousand dollars for it boy oh boy wish i would have done that i know bought it or saved your iphones when you yeah saved it instead of throwing it away yeah now if you had one still sealed in a box yeah they're going for this was cheaper that's crazy there were people that recently paid 50 or sixty thousand at different auctions it was uh well how much was it i want to say i paid 500 bucks for that phone when it was new yeah yeah so did i when it came out you had an iphone one which means if you would have taken that phone kept it sealed in the box, never used it. Yeah. Today you could have sold it easily for $40,000. Yeah. Yeah. And what he did with this was it wasn't like he was buying this Mm -hmm. based on the fact that while these are going to continue going up. So in five years, 10 years, I can Mm -hmm. sell it for a hundred. He made a video where he opened the box and looked at everything inside. He's like, yeah, I know I'm killing the value. I don't care. Yeah. Well, he's a very rich dude. Oh, I know. Well, he started, I think his family started all right, but his YouTube channel is one that's making uh, Boku bucks. I don't know. He, he was like the original boy. Can I use this word or not? He was the token black dude that doing tech reviews on YouTube. Like well, he's he, the OG. Well, he was the original black guy doing tech reviews and he started that's literally when he was what like, I just said, but he was started when he was like 10 or 12 years old. He was very young. Mm, when he started i don't this. know if i remember him being that young but he was definitely a teenager yeah he was I, it was amazing that he was doing these videos and then that, yeah. that it grew into i know you have the little thing you can look up approximately what the youtube channels are worth yeah yeah, yeah. i bet mm-hmm. you the mkb hd one is worth uh yeah he's got a bunch of channels that's the thing that all do when they get big enough is they get a bunch of channels and then you keep running that content out and then there. split it. Yeah. Cause you get more, more stuff, uh, more, more stuff, more money. You get more money, more money, more problems. Uh, yeah, exactly. By, uh, by having multiple channels than you do. Uh, As by, of April, 2023, he has, according to Wikipedia, 19.4 million subscribers across all channels and 3.61 billion total video views. Yep. Now that's a lot of subscribers right there. Yes. He started uh, YouTube in 2008. He was born in 
93. So, uh, 15, 15. Yeah. That's about, that's about right. Cause he, and you know, I remember when he was, uh, definitely still a teenager. So that sounds about right. And has done, I mean, he does very, he's always done good videos, but he was the first, he was the first one that went into, uh, I don't remember the brand, but there was somebody, the red camera. He was the first one that was using cameras that cost like more than a car, (laughs) you know? Right. It's like, is that a little overkill for YouTube? Maybe, but he was making so much money that he kept trying to push things into uh, yeah the red video equipment that uh, he just kept pushing the quality on stuff mm-hmm. and does a very good job breaking the stuff down. He's not a fanboy Cause even as somebody that uses Apple products, yeah. he will bash Apple in a heart in a heartbeat if he doesn't oh, like yeah. what they're doing. And he's Absolutely. probably one of the few people on YouTube that if he says th- something, Apple goes, oh, shit, we better fix that. Um, I, yeah, you're probably right. I think there's a lot of. A lot of people that. Uh, <laughs> uh, that Apple pays attention to that have huge followings like that. Yes. I mean, not us. Apple does not care what we say. Well, of course not. Although you use their products, you just leave them in the box for a year or two before you set them up. I do. I mean, hey, maybe I should have left that Mac Mini in the box for 30 years. I know. And it'd be worth $40,000. Or more. Or more. I get gear and I've got it up and running within moments of getting it into the house. Yeah. What's what's the point in that? I don't, I don't know. I have a new monitor, though. Oh, what'd you buy? I finally got tired of the uh, the 24-inch. Hey, good. So I now, and although again, I am like, I really wish I had an OLED. I do, but okay. the, the OLEDs are so far out there in price right now, but this Dell, it's a Dell. I know mm-hmm. everything on my system now is Dell and I feel dirty, but it was a but Dell the, 32 inch. They always have overpriced monitors, man. Well, it's 32 inch 4k for 350 bucks. Okay. So it wasn't a bad price. And again, I mean. I'm starting from a point of really crappy eyesight. So it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be perfect, but the amount of screen real estate it's, and here's the sad thing after using it for like a day, it's like, this doesn't seem much bigger than what I had. It's yeah. You should have gotten bigger. I know it feels like about the same. It's like, I, yeah, I, it is about the same. It's not that much bigger. I don't know why you got something that small, that's tiny. What I really need, I think is, like a 53 or maybe a 52 where it just keeps going right. and going 43. I'll tell you a 43 is a perfect size. Um, which is why I have a 47. Right. Because I got to do one better much? Than, yeah. What? Overcompensating much? Well, just a little bit. Just tip. You should see the size but, of mine, baby. But, uh, that, I think the 43 is the biggest reasonable monitor to put on a desk. Oh yeah. If it's bigger than that, it really should be hanging behind your desk. Yes. Well, you need to have some way because to keep this, it manageable. Yeah. The, the 47 that I've got, and I've got one of these gaming monitors. It's like high refresh rate and shit, which is uh pretty good. I've kind of got actually gotten used to it. So now I'm stuck. I'm going to have to keep buying only high refresh rate monitors. Right, because you don't want to go backwards. Yeah, because on my Mac, I've got a, what is this? This is a 43-inch uh, Samsung. 
and that thing's really nice. That's uh, it's not high refresh rate, but it's it's really crisp. It's an OLED. Um, but uh, I here's the problem with OLED. OLEDs have really nice colors if you're looking at a photograph. But there's a downside to OLEDs. Yes. Uh, and the downside is they burn in. So if you leave something on there, you will it's like just the old like fashioned. the old CRTs. Really, you you have to have a screensaver. You have to keep changing what's on the monitor, otherwise you're going to get burn in ghosting. Ah, because every pixel is lit. So yeah, that's interesting. Every pixel is lit, and they have a tendency to get stuck if you keep them on all the time. So well, maybe this it one's is not that bad. It, it's really going back. That's why OLED's great on the watch. It's great on the phone. Because um, everything's always changing on there. Right? right. The only thing that might get burned in on the watch is the uh, the hour markers and who gives a shit. And it's nice to have the actual total blackness on the watch where the monitor, mm-hmm. when, when the monitor's lit, when there's other things going on. Dude, these these gaming monitors have yeah. insanely high contrast with uh LCD. I like the contrast. It's it's like a million to one or something. I mean, it's just like black is black. It's it's pretty much the same black as you get on a uh OLED. The like, the difference is the color saturation is a little bit more muted, which right. is honestly what I'm used to over the last 40 years. So, right. And that's kind of what I'm looking at. And it's like, but you get used to it. I'm noticing things in programs, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing like lines in Adobe Audition that I've never seen before on the oh, old yeah, monitor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can <laughs> differentiate the uh, subtle changes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very weird. Uh, I mean, it's mm-hmm. nice, but now gray looks shitty to me. So I probably have to go through on things like mix calibrate. And calibrate it a little more. I ready to yeah. bring the gamma down by like a quarter. Yeah, point. you can usually do that visually pretty easily. I've, I've got one of those um, monitor calibration tools back when I used to do a lot of art shit. Oh, yeah, you have that. You have to have that for photographs if you're printing. Yeah, yeah. so you you'd actually, because that, that has effectively a little tiny camera that sit, that you put on top of your monitor. And then it'll go through and look at what each color on your monitor is and then provide you with the offsets of all the colors in order for them to be correct right. and accurate compared to what your print product's going to be. Because you're always trying to match your screen to what the final print product's going to end up being. Because that's what people are paying for. That's what you give a shit about. Right. What it looks like on the screen doesn't matter as much. So, But the closer your screen is to the finished product, the better you can edit and make decisions on your edits on uh, they'll be eventually printed. And I was doing large format. So my stuff was going to be like 20 by 40 inches or sorry, 60 by 40 inches. Uh, so, you know, any mistakes, anything that's off is going to get magnified that much. Um, so it's, it was important to be calibrated, but goddamn, I haven't plugged that thing in in years. May not work. I was thinking about getting one. I'm like, I don't, need that i mean i've got four or mm-hmm. five monitors in the house i'm like well you could every one of them would they're look all different uh-huh <laughs> yes they're all different bemrose was talking about that on grumpy old ben's and his wife was annoyed because all of his monitors the colors were off and she's like doesn't that bother you and he's like i'm fucking colorblind do you not understand that part? oh yeah he is i forgot <laughs> that's right we talked about that yeah like i don't see it so 
there. If you want to fix it, you go fix it. I don't care. By the way, he's not just colorblind. He's fucking colorblind. Oh, yes. I mean, you don't want to. This is an extra level up. An extra level up on the colorblind yeah, it's, scale. It's the level beyond like, oh, I'm sorry. It's more to the level of like, yeah, you really have no clue what a color is, do you? Nope. You really <laughs> need to live in life in black and white. <laughs> the, the oddity, which I, I think it's never, more like purple and white. But maybe. Yeah. yeah. The, the weird is when you're moving things from one monitor to the next now. Not only the color, well, this is, it's making the adjustment, which there is so much more resolution on the 4k monitor Mm -hmm. that windows must be doing this, which is kind of annoying, which is they're making it about the same size that it was on the other monitor, I guess, which makes sense, but this can also really kludge things up pretty quick if you're moving them from one monitor to the next. Well, and this is why what I do is I always look for a pixel density on a monitor and I match those. So that way, when you move shit from monitor to monitor, it doesn't change size. That would make sense. Um, But now I can tell like in the clean feed window, the bottom of the thing is black. When I move it over to this main monitor, it is very much gray. Mm -hmm. But I think that could just be that the, the two side monitors are much darker than this one so it will oh, it's take- not even darker they just have a, a different gamma profile yes so it'll take a little more uh dialing in you always think you're yeah. going too far with something and then you go back and go that's ah, still it is a little more there's always a mm-hmm. tweak that needs to be made and the reality is for the monitors i just want them to look good it doesn't you know the exact color replication is not a big deal for me you know, because even for the video that I would do, it's like it's close enough where it's not you're not going to make a small little change. That's going to that's going to mm. be so far off. But it's nice to have the extra real estate. It's now now I need to start playing with things where you can have a couple of things on the monitor that'll snap to it. So, uh, yeah, to make better use of all of this space. You know, like space, the final frontier where Elon's rocket tried to go. That's right. Almost got there. Not quite. Until you and your. uh, I'll be back down there in about four months. That's when Elon's going up again. Mm -hmm. Now, you didn't get the up close look at the rocket. I mean, that was. I know. I'm so bummed about that, dude. That was totally me being stupid. So the uh, the official story is that. I assumed, and you know what happens when you assume you make an ass out of you. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, and even me. And, uh, what, what I, what I assumed was that since they were ready to launch the rocket each morning and then, you know, it was canceled because the, for whatever reason they had delays that they had closed off that section of the road. That's next to the rocket. That's the, it's basically the road to SpaceX. And I just made that assumption because it seemed reasonable at the time. And then while we're watching the launch, the photographer that was standing next to me was telling me that SpaceX was open until midnight, the night before the launch, because there were so many people and they wanted to have everybody come and look at it. 
I'm like, son of a bitch. I, I had tons of opportunity to drive down there and actually go right up to the rocket and look at it because they were open. They were just being like, where's Gene? They, well, they were, I mean, you know, they were drinking beer, just like the whole place was trashed afterwards. They figured we're going to launch a rocket anyway. Who right, cares? We'll make them. Yeah, we we're going to burn all mess. the trash from the rocket uh, plumes anyway, so it doesn't really matter. It's one interesting um, way to get rid of your trash. I know, right? So you just incinerate it, and it's it's all totally kosher because you're launching a rocket ship. But yeah, I was bummed out. So I will I will definitely do that for the next one. I'll come out a few days early and then make a plan to go down and actually go to the uh, the site to the launch facility and uh, look at the rocket because apparently you can get to within you know like a hundred feet of it. Well, that's pretty cool. How tall is that thing? So the rocket, the SpaceX rocket is, uh, it is 355 feet, I believe. That's impressive. 35 stories. It is about four times the height of the Statue of Liberty. Well, and the Statue of Liberty can't fly into space or can it? Or can it? Or exactly. can it? Yeah, we don't know. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's about two and a half times taller than the space shuttle was. That's pretty wild. Yeah. So if you put the space shuttle on the nose of the external tank, the way it was supposed to be done in the original draft, uh, which is then it would have survived. First of all, every one of the explosions that they had. But um, if you would have put it on there, this is still taller. That and it's fairly impressive. It's about uh, what, probably fifteen to twenty percent taller than the a Saturn V that did the original hoax moon landing. What you're saying is Elon's rocket is massive. Yeah, and it's about a hundred times bigger than Jeff Be- Jeff Bezos. Yeah, but rocket. Bezos is haven't been exploding yet. So, well, they've been exploding. We just haven't seen the videos of the explosion. That could be true. They don't see, they explode theirs on the ground. They don't explode them in the air. Well, that's probably the smarter way to go. No, that's a dumber way to go because you're not getting all the measurements that way by exploding them in in the air. They're in the environment they're supposed to be in. I I'm a definitely a believer in Musk's methodology here for testing. And this is all kidding aside. I think you gain so much more valuable information by sending something that isn't finished yet into space or at least attempting to and then measuring everything along the way until something stops working versus just testing each component uh locked into a um you know a amount separate from the actual ship on earth and then getting it everything to not explode on earth like that still leaves a lot of doubt when you can start sending up your starships on these test runs and they actually make it all the way through and they land, that's a pretty good confirmation. And we saw an example of that difference between what Musk is doing and what traditional rocket companies are doing in the, um, the test of the Boeing capsule that is uh, supposed to be, providing half the flights to the international space station versus what SpaceX did with their dragon capsule. 
they, the contract for both of those was at the same time. And they were both proceeding on the roughly the same schedule. And, uh, you know, Musk finished, well, SpaceX finished their capsule a little bit earlier than Boeing did, but they were fairly close together, except that the SpaceX tests worked and the, the capsule was uh, validated, but the Boeing one in its first flight experienced, I think it was 134 anomalies. That's a lot. It's an awful lot. It's then they each one had to get fixed and validated before they allowed the next flight, which took several years. So now Boeing still hasn't had a single flight on their capsule, although it's soon supposed to. Meanwhile, SpaceX has been the only one delivering stuff to the to ISS now for several years. So I I think that this method that they're using, it might be a little more expensive to keep actually building things and then trying to have them fly. But they get so much more data at the same time. And that would make sense. The data is, the data is good. Yeah. And it's the same thing he's doing with the, with the cars, with Tesla's like every Tesla that's out there is recording data for the automatic driving. Even if automatic driving is not turned on. So, the entire time you're driving a Tesla, the computer in your car is predicting what it would do and comparing it to what you're doing. Elon and knows building all. a database. Yeah, Elon knows all. I don't know if he knows all, but he definitely wants to go home to Mars. <laughs> oh, I like that. I didn't know that's where Elon originated from. I thought he was from South Africa. Yeah, Johannesburg, Mars. That's where he's originally from. Right. Well, you would know, I mean, because you've got all the clearance. I'm just a humble podcaster. Wait, when did you become humble? Always been humble. But it says right on my business card. I thought that was completely legitimate businessman. Or did you add humble? That's my other business card. (laughs) Now it's completely humble businessman. Uh Uh I tell you what, I don't know. But uh, as I said, we do have some donations today. Maybe we should talk about those before like the last. Yeah, before we wrap up. Before the sure. last three minutes of the show, uh-huh. which we have a tendency to do. We do. I mean, I know a lot of people will be surprised to know that we are a value for value show. Unrelenting dot show. It doesn't mean we ever hit it. This is true. Hit it. This is uh, absolutely true. But Dale from down under the beautiful land of Australia. Comes in today with one hundred and three dollars and forty eight cents. Wow! With Holy a, shit, I know that may be the biggest, uh, or if not, it's in the ballpark. Yeah, he's well on his way to coming having dinner with us in Chicago. I mean, of course, you're not going to pay for his airplane flight Obviously from not. Australia because I mean that you would have to raise that a little bit. Yeah, that'd be like ten grand for the ticket. But he included a note that says unrelentingly unrelenting down under then says daily take 250 milliliters that's ml right milliliters yeah of beetroot juice for the blood pressure Mm -hmm. 250 grams or more of the pineapple the bromelain yep we talked about that 
for the digestive health, especially in high meat diets. I mean, yeah, yesterday eyeballs. Yeah, I know. And they had a little uh, Delmonico steak yesterday. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Pineapple in with lemon blend instead of sweetener. Yeah, the sweeteners are bad. Yep. And we've learned that where the uh, and the lemon's not bad without the sweetener. But if you no, have to it's do really it, not it's because it, when you grind everything up like that, you just you don't taste as as harsh a um, an acid as you do if you just pour the juice out of it. Right. And I mean, for a while I was doing the Truvia packs, but that's the crap mm-hmm. in there. That's along with the Stevia leaf. The uh, yeah the bad stuff. So I've gotten away from that, but a little raw honey, I would guess mixed in with the lemon if you need to cut it, but you're right. I don't think you do molasses that too. The rind does have a tendency to the right. I will tell you this. The rind is bittersweet Uh, as is doing this show. (laughs) But it really is. It has like, if you chew a little bit of lemon rind and you could spit it out, you don't have to swallow it. But what you'll notice is it's a little bitter immediately. But as you chew it, there's a sweetness to it. As you get down, yeah, as it starts emulsifying. And what happens in the blunter? Well, you accelerate that process a lot. This is true because you are emulsifying the hell out of it. Well, you, you're, yeah, you're also shredding it. So. But thank you, Dale, from Down Under. It is appreciated. Everybody that supports Unrelenting and our yeah. buddy, Josh Mandel. Coming in with $19.94 says long overdue donation for unrelenting. Nice. Thank you. I mean, it's good to know that people are still Now that we're getting paid, we might actually have to have the show every week now instead of every other week. We've been trying to keep that one up. I mean, we we record all of our shows on one long weekend and then release them throughout the year. A lot of people don't know. I know. I mean, in reality, by the time you're hearing this, I haven't spoken to Gene in probably six months. Weeks. Yeah, this is for sure. The way we we like to do it that way keeps everything fresh. Keeps everything. Well, it, it keeps it easy rolling. for us because then we just have like a uh, you know one one long weekend every six months. We got to actually talk to each other. Yeah, and then go. How, what, what do we think's going to happen? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the hardest part. Then releasing the stuff. Now this is kind of inside baseball, but we we actually record about a third more shows than you guys hear because. We record some segments with both opinions being opposites. And then we pick the one that fits the best for the current narrative. Right. Well, that's how you have to do it. So that's when you know mm-hmm. when the right trigger comes up, you throw that in. The reality is the world's not that hard to predict at this point. Not at all. Our buddy Darian Rundell comes in with, I think, my favorite donation of the day. Five dollars and sixty-five cents. Well, I mean, the donation's awesome. Thank you. The comment was my favorite. Yeah, it says, "Dude, Gene has to stop pretending he knows about audio." <laughs> you sound great on any mic. Gene sounds bad on every mic. Oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> that sounds like an opinion, there, buddy. You just <laughs> don't like my voice. It has nothing to do with audio. I keep trying to make it sound better. I do. I keep trying to tweak it. I get in there. I play with the filters. Mm-hmm. He says, by the way, I have all the mics you've mentioned. SM7 is best for my voice, but not all. I've mm-hmm. used an SM7 on probably 30 to 50 albums. So he's I, he's a professional. Not a professional speaker. He's a professional musician, maybe. 
Could be. Musicians know what they're doing. They know yeah. the sound. No, no. I tell you, what, if if he produces talk radio, that <laughs> I would take advice from somebody that's an actual talk radio producer. I'd be like, yes, sir. I will tune it this way. You always sound a little bit underwater. That's what I always try to um, to get boosted a little bit. That's called my nose. I know it's the air frequencies <laughs> that you try to get where it where it doesn't sound like. We're both on completely different microphones with, uh, uh-huh. which is the hardest part, I think, of doing anything where you're trying to match well, the irony is we were on the exact same microphone for a long time, but we don't sound like it. No, and we're very close because I'm on the yeah. RE20 and you're on the RE320. Yeah. Uh-huh. We both got the big foam ball on them. Yeah. Because it helps with the plosives. And mostly it looks cool. Well, it it's the plosives for me. Yeah, I don't like the plosives. I don't, I don't plosive much. I don't either, but that's one of the things that annoys me the most, especially yeah. with there's a lot of people with the SM7Bs oh. on YouTube. Yeah. That pop every. There's way too many people with SM7Bs on YouTube that have no business running in a SM7B. Because they don't know how to use a microphone. Watch. Because they should be they should be using like a, a USB Yeti. Probably get it a little further away. They should probably mm. be using a shotgun microphone just out of frame. Yeah. And you know what? I've actually, I, I've got a new mic coming. I ordered a new mic. Um, cause I, I saw a video where it had extremely good results. Uh, it's a, um, who's the brand? It was a shit. I can't remember the brand off. But the one you it just might, ordered. It might've been a Sennheiser. Yeah, I think it was a Sennheiser. Uh, yeah, it's a lavalier, um, but it's a it's an expensive lavalier mic. Well, yeah, because cheap lavs are really they not suck. good. No, one sound wise too. They the, pick and, up your and shirt the thing is, it's really and, it's not even an expensive one. I would say it's mid price, three hundred bucks. Well, that's more expensive than a, most for a lav. A high end lavalier is eighteen hundred dollars. They're more expensive than like most mics if you look at the ones that are actually used in professional production yes well they're like actually looking for good sound yeah yeah they're or you know somebody doing a a, a real interview like not like a podcast interview they are insanely expensive but this one got rated really well and what i really liked about it uh, as a unique feature is it it is completely isolated so it it does not have the issue that some lavaliers have where the cable from the mic acts as an antenna and you get you get extraneous uh frequencies that are reverberating you know you're you're picking up uh, yeah you noise. don't want to pick up rf interference with yeah your, it's the kind of stuff adam always has with his uh, light switches right the dimmers you don't want that mm-hmm. well the there's a big difference between a lab that you plug directly in and one that is wireless too yeah yeah although the new generation of wireless labs are incredibly good sounding and it's well they're I, not wireless labs but the the little wireless packs for the labs right because the way you should do it is you take a 1800 dollars lav you put it into an 1800 yeah broadcast box yeah exactly <laughs> and then there's another 1800 dollars receiver oh no that's 2900 dollars and by the time it's all said and done, four channels on it. And that's uh, how you do it. 
yeah, if you want to build a professional studio, you start with $100,000. And then you end with about 10 bucks left over for lunch. But everything looks good on camera then. Well, it looks good, but more importantly, it sounds good. Because yeah. everybody knows the, the, the secret to having really good video is to have really good audio. This is true. This is true. The audio makes it. That's, dude, this is what I'm saying about seeing this launch in person versus what, you know, you could get a much better view watching YouTube channels because they've got these huge zoom cameras, right? But what you're not getting is that insane sound. Well, yeah. Elon punched his base right into your face. Uh huh. It was, it was crazy. And it, and it's so hard to describe because it's not the loudness that you really feel. Or it's not the loudness that you're hearing. It's not like going to a rock concert where everything's right. just cranked up really loud. It's the subsonic frequency. Yeah, it's literally the subsonics that are vibrating your whole body. Well, yeah, and, and at it, that level, they're vibrating the ground. They are. They're exactly. It's like it's you. It's not easy to vibrate it. the ground. You literally feel the rocket launching, and. uh and it's hard to describe, but it, I think it really is like frequencies from zero to about 10 hertz. Like shit, your ears don't pick up. But you absolutely know they're there. Yes, you can feel them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. normally they're there because then you also have the very loud sound that your ears can hear. Right. Yeah. And it, you know, I was probably a mile away. I mean, it was, I was a good safe distance. And I was uh, across the bay, basically, from the from the launch, along with 10,000 of other crazy rocket people that all showed up. I thought there might be like 500 to 1,000 people there. There's 10,000 people there. Really? Now, were, were they mainly science nerds? Uh, were they looking for a ride home? <laughs> they were. Uh, this is surprising to me. They were mainly people our age. So 100. Yeah, ish. <laughs> People that are a hundred ish mostly. So the youngsters aren't interested uh, in the rockets. There's going very up? few. There were some, but not many of the uh, the millennials and the zoomers there. The youngsters don't care about the science, I guess. Nope. They just they have a phone already. They don't really need anything else. Right. That's all we need. Everything we need's on the phone. I think all progress has stopped with the phone. I can watch TikTok. it. You all obviously TikTok. That is the scourge of humanity, along with mm -hmm. the other social media networks. I don't think they're all that different. Yeah, I mean, I don't care what China's doing to the Uyghurs. This fucking TikTok shit, it's got to stop. I know. Well, this is why we have a whole generation whose brains are basically mush. Mm -hmm. But I By digress. Way, I have to say, I had some amazing food while I was down there. Well, what'd you have? I had a, a whole blackened red snapper. Oh, is that the uh, photo you sent? I sent you the photo of that. Look, looked looks awesome, a little fishy. It? Yeah, like a little fishy. No, it looked awesome. Great joke. It was so good. Oh, it just like the flesh was just falling off the fish and it, it was a fully intact fish. So super good. Then I had um, some blackened tuna, which was exactly the way I like it, which is cold inside. Oh, you like your tuna like you like your whip. I like my tuna raw, just like I like my steak. Uh, very, very good. Had an awesome burgers. I mean, pretty much every food type that I had down there, but I was trying to eat more seafood than normal uh, on this trip. 
was exceptional. It was very, very, very tasty. This is the off season for South Padre. So there, there's a lot of places that are open and you don't really have to wait for anything. Well, that's even better. Yeah, I, I'd say so. Nobody wants uh, to wait. Now, there's a downside to having the off season there, and that is there was about one cop for every 10 vehicles on the road. Did you get stopped for speeding? Is this the. I uh, never got stopped for speeding, but my radar detector was picking up three, sometimes four different radar signatures at the same time. Well, they're just looking for your business. That's all. They're just trying to be helpful, I guess. They are looking for, they are trying to take that donation money right back out uh-huh. of your pocket. Uh huh. And of course, the, um, uh, the speed limit is like 35 for the whole island. Are they one of those things that changes? They have a button they can push that lowers it to 25 while you're mm-hmm. driving already. Yeah, it was like the I did have some flipped. cops pass me because I was driving slow, I guess. But and you waved nice when they're, yeah. how you doing? It's, um, well, now that I'm legal as far as having a, a license plate and everything, that's, I'm all fine driving around. Does it still but, say Russian embassy? <laughs> yeah. Immune from all of your laws. I did not have a Russian embassy plate. I I do have a uh, souvenir plate, though. I I have a from a long time ago in a country far, far away. I I have a uh, CIA license plate. Oh, now that's nice. That can get you. Mm-hmm. That can get it you. Doesn't where get you, need. you shit here, but back in the day when you were in Central America, it did get you certain privileges. That is cool. Um, our buddy Johnny Hipwell also came in with a three thirty three donation. I know we were we were in the donation wow, segment. Three hundred thirty three dollars. It's amazing. I know. Uh, you put the uh, decimal point over a couple, and it's three dollars and thirty three cents. Still greatly appreciate. He's like everlasting life. Fastest want to talk about a cold opener. Yeah, I thought that was a good cold opener on the last episode. And then we got a couple of boostograms. And I've got to figure out a better way to monitor these because now the system that I went to doesn't really show you what show they come in for. So mm. when you got 8,000 different shows, it's harder to figure out. Yeah, you need a better system there because you shouldn't need to put them all in the same freaking. Well, I can get different get LB accounts, but that would seem like a pain, although I could do that. Why? I mean, that's if you're going to use get LB, which I've played around with, but I haven't committed to yet. Um Multiple wallets, it, way to go. Yeah, it, I mean, there's no cost. True. Because for me, like, I'm paying 20 bucks a month for a wallet. Yes, sucker. So getting multiple wallets kind of defeats the purpose. But coming in with a 3,333 Satoshis, our buddy, comic strip blogger. He says, oh, wow. yes, I am not offended by imitating my voice in the slightest. The funnier, well, I'm the better. On his behalf, goddammit. <laughs> You're offended for your friend CSB when uh-huh. I do the impression. I I try to bring it up to a level that is worthy of the legend. Well, it sounds just like him. I mean, that's CSB. the problem. This is why I'm offended that it's you're too, doing it. It's too close. It's way too close. Yes, it could be. And then listening yeah. live, here's a boost from R Davis 87 boosted 8,000. Satoshi says, thank you for your courage. How much would I have to boost to get mm-hmm. Darren O on video? A lot. Oh, you can. Darren O's been on video. Yeah, we have an unrelenting YouTube channel. It's not very well populated. There's still like two subscribers there. 
Yeah. Well, so, as we've talked about, there's way more people on the YouTubes than on the uh, on the podcasters. Just not watching us. True. But we keep playing. Here's around the thing about it. YouTube. We just this need a what format. I, yeah. What I figured out about YouTube is that if you want to build an audience, unfortunately, because it's not my favorite topic, but you pretty much have to do a gossip show. You have to do a show that looks at all the drama happening. Yeah, and that sucks. That is what gets new people coming to your channel. Now, you could also do like, you know, puppy videos and shit like that. Yay! Um, but it's harder to pivot from puppy videos into what we talk about, which is show about nothing and quasi-politics. Wait, can we just get video? I mean, my sister has a puppy now that's just a few weeks old. Oh, really? Should I just take video of that? Yeah. And then we can just talk. We could do all our we got to do, but as the video put, of the puppy, have a puppy, put some cartoon music behind the puppy in the video and then have some Japanese girls laughing. And that guaranteed <laughs> guaranteed you will end up getting a bunch of, uh, uh, likes and views. It's all about the Japanese girls laughing though. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you gotta have that because that's, that's like the, the element that makes people want to forward it to somebody else. If it's just a puppy, they'll watch it and they'll go, oh, that's cute. But if there's like Japanese girls laughter behind it, it's like, it, oh, you got to watch this. It adds a ton to the watchability factor. Yeah, for better or worse. The same booster came in shortly after there with another mm. 8,000 R Davis 87 question for oh, Sir shit. Gene. How many more documents will you release over social media? As always, thank you for your courage and thank you for continuing to provide information, entertainment. I look forward to unrelenting. It is, did he specify the types of documents or just general documents? I guess just general documents. I mean, I, mean, I probably release at least three or four a day for ever since we've been doing the podcast. The Sir Gene so, document. Thousands of them there. Now, the, the thing is, uh, I mostly release stuff on no agenda social and occasionally some things on Twitter, but not nearly as many. And the beauty of no agenda social is that there's a limit as to how long everything stays there. So it's kind of like the same thing that I do with signal. Yeah, I have, have my signal set, set to, to 30, destroy. Yes. Yeah. 30 day destruction. So no agenda social is actually seven days. So if you miss something that was seven days old, it's gone. At least from there. Now, if somebody else keeps their shit much longer on a different federated server and they have a feed to your stuff, they can certainly archive all that on their end for much longer. But no agenda social. And this is, I mean, it may actually be not exactly seven days, but this is from talking to Adam and the fact that more people, myself included, have been uploading videos directly to it. Yeah, which that takes is a lot killing of their yeah. their space, and they have to keep shrinking the duration that they host stuff and keep it on there. And I think it was right around the week, maybe eight days, something like that, is what it's down to. Well, I know a lot so, of people that listen to us are on No Agenda Social. If you yeah. are, Ariner has just been asking about going to the value for value model and mm -hmm. and expanding. And I'm like, no, 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 don't expand. But yes, no. go to value for value. Yeah. Before you, because he's like, I can go to an off site, but it's going to cost a lot more. It's like, make sure the value for value that your nest egg lets you pay for like a year of what you want to do before you make that switch. 
Yeah, exactly. And well, there's two things. One is I think he's still paying for the damn thing out of pocket. Yes, which I've been telling him for years. Which, he's which crazy because people want to give him money. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do. I would. People given are him, willing to give him money. Yes, <laughs> I, I was. It was a lot more willing before Joe Biden took office to give him more money. But I would still right. give him money. Right. So that's something that you know people are willing. They might as well. That's why I always say, don't bother giving to the show. But I, if you do send money, don't ask for it back because I'm keeping it. <laughs> well, yeah, I have a Taylor Swift album to buy tomorrow. Record store day, <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not going to wait. And, in line and I probably have a couple to buy as well. I'll, I'll find out when I get your text. Right. Well, it's uh, <laughs> if you have a, do you have a local record store right nearby? Because that would be the uh, what's that record store vinyl yeah, record. I don't know what that is. In Austin, you probably have a lot. I know that we probably do. I've never set foot in one. Unfortunately, here in my area, yeah. there is one in Joliet, which mm. uh, Joliet. Jake, well, that's anybody, a famous town. Yeah, I know. It's right by the uh, Rialto Theater mm. here in uh, in beautiful Joliet. Yeah. But it's going to be like 40 degrees tomorrow as a high, Oof. like 47. So it's going to be I'm like, I don't want to go wait in line. I'm already yeah, watching here. I'm already watching the prices on ebay and there's already some of them that are down up to about the 90 dollar range what? and i mean i think the face value because it's a two record set i think the face value from what i can tell is somewhere mm. between 50 and 60 mm. so i would much rather pay somebody 20 bucks extra to not have to leave the house and wait in line in the cold and uh what they're not doing it online they're doing a physical release well, this is how the record store day is supposed to work, but there's a lot of people that, that somehow are already selling all the stuff on eBay, whether uh-huh. it's Taylor Swift or others. These are things that come out for this special day, which are supposed to bring people into their local record shops because they're the ones that need the boost. And yeah, you know who my local record shop is? Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's not exactly an independent little shop. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I, I think they kind of are here because when they bought um, Home Foods, they moved a lot of their facilities here. And most of my Amazon orders aren't fulfilled next day. They're fulfilled same day. Oh, yeah. A lot of them are now. It's amazing uh-huh. how quick. I uh-huh. did that the other day because my mom's like, oh, my dad wasn't feeling good. So we didn't go to the eye doctor and they yeah. buy the I promise vitamin through the eye doctor for some reason. Yeah. I ordered it on Amazon at four in the afternoon. By six, it was at their door. Yep. It was amazing. Yep. It's totally amazing. And that wasn't like I, I paid extra for rush delivery. It, it yeah, was, exactly. It's all built in. They just charge the suppliers for that. The uh, thing with the record store day was originally supposed to get people to go to their local record stores and to get product in the hands of the true fans, whatever that may be. Mm. But now it has turned into a flipping game mm-hmm. where the big releases, and I've got, I think there were like three Taylor Swift releases in the past that I have that are probably worth one. You know, again, you probably bought them for 30 to 50 bucks and they're worth now somewhere in the 500 to a thousand range. Mm-hmm. Because there were only about 5,000 to 10,000 of them each release printed up. So this is where you have to understand supply and demand, which is also why I'm not that worried about this Taylor Swift release, because looking at the numbers in our local shop, a guy uh, that I've been following for a long time, his shop always shows how many of each release he's getting. And while some of mm-hmm. them, like if you want the Yes album that's coming out, he's only getting two. 
if you want the U2 album, I think they're getting like 10. And that's, I don't think I've ever seen one of these places get more than 10 of any given release. That seems weird. If I was running a record shop, what I would do is I would take that list of like soon showing up albums and well, then this was before orders for everybody. Well, this is again, that's not the the way record store day works. They don't take pre-orders. It's well, first come, first record served. Day is stupid. I agree. Well, it's lost <laughs> what it was supposed to do. <laughs> and the interesting thing, like I said, never seen more than 10, I don't believe. This guy's getting yeah. 35 of the Taylor Swift. Mm. Another so shop. How many of those can you get? Uh, you can only buy one if you but go in. You, oh, okay. Well, can you just pre-order like all of them? Well, now, like on eBay, you could just keep going and buying as many as you want because they're yeah. not going to, you know. No. There are stores that abide by the record store day rules, which, you know, everybody can only buy one. Whatever. There's another local shop that had 55 of the Taylor Swift ones coming in. So it's like, but I, they're, our, again, our local shops, the closest one is like a half hour drive. And it's like, that's not convenient. That's stupid. Beyond the uh, one in Joliet. You know, we used to have a service here. I don't know. I mean, they don't really do that anymore. They used to. That was called um, uh, Favor. And right now, all Favor is is food delivery service. But when they first popped up, they were like, did you ever want to get something somewhere? And didn't want to do it yourself. Right. And I remember my use of favor that was somewhat unique was I, I happened to Ukrainian prostitutes. I happened to have gone to a, uh, a wine and painting class, uh, on a date. Oh, paint. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know those things. You know, those things. It's like, uh, just the excuse to Drink. drink. Outside of a bar. And where they can charge you way too much for a stupid little piece of canvas and paints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, it was um I don't know, my my you know, female friend wanted to do that. Whatever. So we get there and you know, I'm not plussed by the the wine they've got, the selection, but then they've got plastic clear cups to drink from. <laughs> I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. So I pull out my phone. I, I put an order into favor to pick up a couple of wine glasses, like actual glass ones, and then bring them to this class. You're like, and they did that. I I could just imagine this. Like you not know who I am. I am Sir Gene. (sighs) I will not drink out of plastic cups. I mean, if you're going to have royalty coming to your class for fuck's sake, (laughs) really? Who drinks wine out of a red solo cup? Come on. Yeah, well, clear solo cup, but still, it's just retarded. So I, I was definitely, depending on which side of the argument you're on, either a complete prick or like, holy shit, this guy is really cool. Um, I mean, it could be both. I mean, I kind of know which side most people stood on, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, within about 20 minutes, I had actual glass glasses for my uh, myself and, and my uh, chick that I was there with. Well, because when somebody walks into like a restaurant or something, they have to be like, I've got a got a package here for Gene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I don't know who you are. So there you go. Yeah, right. Right. But it was kind of cool. I mean, that was a perfect use of favor to just go and buy some glassware. Now, this 
it's not like I had them go to some super fancy crystal shop either. I mean, I think they went to uh, where they end up going. You go to Walmart. Uh, I mean, it's a just a no, basic it was a glass. pure one, pure one imports. Ah, that's about like Walmart. Yeah, uh, they don't exist anymore. But it was, you know, they'd have a little more of a selection than Walmart. Um, but either way, it was like if I was running that class, I would have been so embarrassed that. I don't provide actual glassware and somebody had to get their own. I hope they learned their lesson. Cause I, mean, I hope guessing, they learned that. Well, they, I don't think they went out of business. I think eventually because of COVID, but a cheap wine glass is only a few bucks. Yeah. Glass. It was probably 10 bucks a glass and like a $10 fee to get it. And see, you could have added this onto the price and done. You exactly. could have had your name engraved Dude, on it. If your business. I was running that class, yeah. I would have just gone to Ikea and bought, five dollar wine glasses would have been better than plastic cups mm-hmm. but that's kind of the way better I look for at the eBay environment because you know i'm all about that oh yeah i know that's mm-hmm. your passion more than anything and else. then get this you don't want to have to wash this shit right so you just give you tell people at the end of the class this is your complimentary souvenir now, did you, you take your glasses glass. home or were you the asshole that then just threw them away? Like I, oh, I threw them away. Of course <laughs> I, threw them away. I had to finish. I had to complete the, uh, the look. Yes. It's like, you're so bad that you're not providing glassware that I had to get disposable glassware to drink here. The ugly Russian American look. You know, there are restaurants, uh, Russian restaurants that have a, uh, on their menus, a price charge per type of glassware that you want to break well yeah like the greeks they love doing that do they yeah yeah, yeah. Oopa. and you go so, crazy i mean a little drinking you want to break something you want to well, feel yeah, good fireplaces for you it's for smashing glassware. yes i suppose yeah one of our fireplaces in, in the house i grew up and didn't like never had any fire in it ever a lot of broken glass though a lot of broken glass though next to the dinner table yeah the whole favorite thing that's how i look at ebay now which is i just i'll buy it there i'll pay an extra percentage yeah i'll I'll get what i want and i won't have to leave the house yeah might as well and most of the things are just slight because there's a bunch of record stores then that put their whatever doesn't sell they'll Mm -hmm. put it up just for the regular price anyway so all you're paying is shipping at that point yeah and there's a lot of record stores out there. So there's a pretty good chance. And I'm also wondering how low the Taylor Swift ones will go, because I know there's going to be a ton of fucking idiots mm-hmm. who don't know the difference between the previous releases had about 10,000 pressings. And this one, I think they said 110,000 worldwide. Holy shit. So I think there's going to be a lot of people buying these to flip and they're going to put them up and they're not going to mm-hmm. sell and they're going to end up getting to the point. I remember going to the Springsteen concert in 1985 here at Soldier Field mm-hmm. where the scalpers bought up so many tickets. It was hilarious the day of the show mm. walking up because it was a general admission show, too, which makes it very hard to sell mm-hmm. tickets. But walking up, there were people with handfuls of tickets trying to sell them for like five bucks a piece and couldn't sell yeah. them. Dude, I remember one experience that we're like jumping all over the place here, but well, that's unrelenting. I had, I had some extra tickets or I, I don't know, somebody canceled or something. So I had some extra tickets to a concert and, um, I was some kind of a gypsy music thing. I can't remember. 
Uh, and so I figured I would just like sell them when I got there. And so I get there and there's maybe three, four different scalpers standing there trying to sell tickets, right? So I go up to one of them. I'm like, Hey, I got a few extra tickets. How much would you give them from just to add to the ones you're selling? And they completely lowballed me. I mean, tickets were like 50 bucks. They said, I'll give you five bucks. Right. Like five bucks. You're charging people 75. Yes. But you can give me five bucks and that total prick. And second scalper I talked, the same kind of deal. I'm like, dude, this is stupid. Why would you want to do that? Just give me, you know, give me fair money. Give me like 35, uh, you know, half of what you're charging. They're like, no, I might not get that. Yeah. So they don't want to do it. I'm like, okay. I'll just undercut you then. <laughs> so you became a scalper. So I became a scalper. And as soon as somebody come up, I see somebody talking to this guy. I'm like half his price, half. I'll sell for half his price right <laughs> you're now. You're going to get shivved. Whatever. Or you're going to be They were so fucking mad, dude. <laughs> oh my God. They're like, you're fucking with me. I'm like, dude, you're, you're the one that's being an asshole. I, I gave you a chance to buy this. I don't care if you buy it for 35 or somebody else buys it for 35. But I'm not selling it for five bucks. That's when the cops show up and arrest. And I had like 10 tickets for that for some reason. So I was, I was there for a while selling these (laughs) things. And then the last ticket was even better. A guy was talking to a scalper. I come up to him like, Hey, you want a free ticket? (laughs) He's like, what do you mean? Hey, here you go. Here's the next ticket. It's yours. Oh, the look in the scalper's face was priceless because he knows he's going to get stuck with unsold tickets. Yeah. And if he would have just played fairly with you. All you had to do was buy mine for half. That's why I like going to the White Sox games when we would go on the train because then we weren't using our parking pass, obviously, which the parking mm-hmm. there was maybe 20, 25 bucks at the time. Yeah. And there was always some enterprising young fellas running mm-hmm. around that would just buy them in a heartbeat for five bucks. It's like, well, yep. I was never going to use it. So I'd rather let, you know, sell it to you for five. They're going to go sell them for 10. So somebody yep. can save 10 bucks on parking. It just works, but you got to be fair. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. When you got something that you know is worth a hundred bucks and they're like, give you $3. Yeah, exactly. You're like, at that point, you're like, I'll just $3. rip the tickets up. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Especially so, when you then, know, it's very time so, sensitive. You've only got an hour no. or so to sell them. So I got today, I got offered tickets to go to uh, Joe Rogan's club. Oh, nice. Are you going? No. <laughs> well, okay. And, there's a hell of a story. <laughs> well, I just have no interest in watching some of these comedians. Yeah. The comedy is not pretty right now. Although yeah. I mean, his com- comics are not woke. So that's a plus. I mean, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, but, but I, it's just you know, no fucking interest in being in a crowd and standing in line and well, see, that's know, it too. two drink minimum and all this crap that I just, I'm too adult for that shit. I don't need to deal with any of it. I don't need it. Too old, whatever you want to call it. But the point is, Ornery. been there, done that in my youth, never need to do it again. Yeah. Uh, like and, standing in line to buy records. I'll just pay somebody. Yeah, just pay somebody. And it was like the way that they, they do their whole ticket thing is uh, that they never ship tickets. They, they all digital now. All the, no, their tickets are all at, at, at will call. So, they recommend you get there half hour before the show to stand in line to pick up your ticket. Oh, see, there's that standing in line thing again. That's that's the part I'm not going to do. And then, you know, then they say if you get there 
more than 30 minutes after the show already started, then your tickets already been sold. So you're like, don't you know bad. who I am? It's I am Gene. Not, I am Gene. And, uh, and it's so the because Rogan's a comedian himself and he's been bitching about, um, tickets, scalpers for a while for like 20 years. The policy of this club is that there are no scalpers. You can't buy a ticket to scalp. Well, right. This is why I mean, they try doing this with concerts as well, but it gets very mm-hmm. hard forcing people to pick things up at will call and then yep. making them go right inside, basically not allowing yep. you the time to, to sell scalp. these tickets to anybody. And so what he's, <clears throat> what they're doing is you, the name on the, on your ID, on your photo ID, Got a magic your credit card. show has to be the exact same as was used to order the tickets uh, when you order them online. So the only person that is allowed inside is a person whose name on their driver's license matches the name that was used when ordering the tickets, which means it's impossible to scalp. Does not you, sound you, like freedom. You can't walk in with a ticket. You have to walk in with a ticket that has a name on it that matches your name's driver's license. They're checking. So now if you buy a ticket for somebody, does everybody's name have to go on these or you can, you bring have a guest? to know who's going when you order the tickets, you really put in the name. Yes. So if you're going to, uh, to this place with uh, the pod father, you a random date, Adam Curry on the ticket. Otherwise, it, yeah, you can't. Otherwise it's not going in. And then if, if somebody cancels your date, then you can't find another date to go. Because you have to find be- a date with the same name. There was, actually an, there was an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> with that exact scenario. His, uh, Larry's black buddy, uh, his girlfriend broke up with him and he had a cruise around the world already ordered. Ah, yeah. Travel. This has been this way for a long time. And so he had to find, he had two months to find another girl with the exact same name to take on this cruise. And then, you know, he found like three of them with the same name. And, and then he had to like figure out which one he's going to take with him. This does sound like something oddly enough that could happen in your life. It, it, well, a lot of things from Larry and David have happened <laughs> in my life. I don't know. It's kind of weird that way. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, it's significant. Like cruise around the world is about $25,000. That's just not a small chunk of change. No. So you're going to want to try and find a replacement girlfriend with the same name. Now, so luckily his girlfriend in there was to have she had a fairly common name. I was going to say, you want girlfriends with common names then? Yeah. It was like Mary something. Mary Smith would be great. And you can, mm. you can sell that thing off easily. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Or Mary O'Toole, probably a billion of those in the, just in Ireland alone. Sounds about right. Yeah. So. Uh, that you know, that, that's a, that's a possible thing. You could find somebody to give you a Joe Rogan ticket to, but no, I just you know, I told them, look, yeah, first of all, I appreciate that you're willing to give free tickets, but keep in mind that the club does not allow you to give up your tickets to somebody else. Yeah, the whole will call only thing is a pain yeah. in the ass. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's bullshit. I think if they want to do it that way, they could do it, but without without doing the um you know, without doing the whole 
will call thing. All they need to do is just sell the tickets as a purely digital thing that is tied to your phone. Yes, which a lot do now as well. Do they? Okay. Well, there you go. Because then you can't transfer them. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. Although I don't know what happens if you screenshot the, because they're usually QR codes. If you screenshot those and can you sell them? And I don't know. Although well, that's have to the thing trust. is it, what some like this could have been done years ago by Ticketmaster. All they had to do is require that you use the Ticketmaster app on your phone, not a screenshot. So when you're coming up and there's a barcode, you you have to launch the app and then show them the barcode. If yes. there's just a barcode on your screen, say, okay, close that out, relaunch the bar, the app. If we want to see this exactly where if, it's if coming they, from. If you see somebody launching the app and then scanning the barcode, there's no doubt that's a legit ticket. So I can tell you once we realized here at the White Sox games that when they started doing the thing where you could print up your own tickets, yeah, it didn't take a genius to figure out that you could change things on the exactly. paper ticket you were going to print out. So it was not hard yeah. to get into the club level or any place like that. Yep. You could just go and change that because the folks there, they didn't even scan the barcodes. No, no, they don't know. They no, we were doing the same thing with airline in. tickets. Nice. It's getting yeah, harder and harder day, to do that now. You know, not, yeah, now you can't really do that. But yeah, back in the day when airlines started letting you print the ticket at home, uh, it didn't take long to realize that, wait a minute, if you can print the ticket at home, you can modify anything on the ticket. Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to upgrade. <laughs> That's a hell of an upgrade. Uh, might as well, right? Uh-huh. I mean, it's like, well, let them worry about, well, who's got the actual first class seat? Well, because then you well. can play stupid like. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I just printed it. I don't know. You act like know. a Luddite. Like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, and then, yeah. And then I figured out that the scanners didn't even need to scan the barcode on the paper ticket. They, they'll do it on the computer screen. Now, all airlines actually do it that way anyway. But back then, they weren't telling you to just stick your screen in front of the scanner. They assumed it wouldn't work, in fact. And so that, remember, we're talking about the iPhone 1. Everything ties together. Right. Using that iPhone one, which had the best screen in the category at the time, uh, I could actually put that in a scanner that I wasn't expecting to scan a barcode from paper and it would scan just fine off the phone. So I would show up at the airport without even a paper ticket and, you know, not print one there and just use my phone. And, uh, I remember a couple of the, the TSA folks or whatever, um, it, it, they weren't even TSA. This is pre 9-11 guys. This is like back when air travel used to be fun and, and luxurious and stuff. Back when we had real silverware and we had real multi-course meals on planes. And the stewardesses were hot. And the stewardesses were not. No, I missed that part. The last <laughs> hot stewardess I remember was from like 1979. And you were in the 80s, the they started getting fat. That's when society as a whole began careening downhill. Well, what happened here, I tell you exactly what happened. The stewardesses that were hot in the seventies never quit their jobs. That's true. That's true. It's a union gig and they have a union. Exactly. They have a union. So the airlines like pan pan am used to have a policy that unions are not that essentially said, we only give you this job for a four year contract. Uh huh. And it's renewed every four years. And if we can not renew for any reason, 
And then you see the Pan Am television show where a young Margot Robbie plays a flight attendant. And you're like, no, mm-hmm. no, that's just not. No, that's realistic. exactly what they used to look like. Damn. Full of Margot Robbie's. We missed out. I, oh, dude, I remember flying Pan Am 747 uh, upper deck in the 79. It was so nice. You had, first of all, you couldn't see because the smoke from everyone smoking was that thick. Uh, everyone sitting around the bar, shooting down drinks, smoking, puffing away. It was, uh, it was the epitome of comfort and class. Well, we highly recommend people not smoke. Donate to, I was going to say, donate to unrelenting.show so we can live the opulent life. What yeah, again? Not happening. Just a humble podcaster at this point. Yeah. That's what you say. I don't believe it. Hey, I'm not the one flying a private plane to Nashville. That's true. He's coming up next on the Mighty No Agenda stream, which is why we are going to bid you adieu. We will be back here next Friday. Same bat time, same unrelenting channel. <laughs> <laughs>